everybody welcome back to the financial freedom show my name is rob berger in today's video we're going to look at some bond alternatives it's a request i've received from countless folks as interest rates go up the value of bond funds in particular uh, get hit pretty hard the question is what should we do now i'm a big believer in basically yeah doing nothing i yeah i haven't changed my bond portfolio at all but i know that a lot of you want to consider alternatives so that's what we're going to cover so here's what we're going to do in today's video we're going to first look at a basic sort of standard bond mutual fund so we kind of know what it looks like and what we're trying to achieve when we look at alternatives okay and then we're going to look at alternatives um, in three different categories i'm actually going to give you some bond investments as alternatives to sort of your standard bond mutual fund and we're going to look at four of them then we're going to look at four actual alternatives to bonds that you might consider and then finally, we're going to look at four things that a lot of folks say are good bond alternatives that frankly aren't bond alternatives at all. Uh, but it's important to understand why. Now, when I talk about bonds and a bond alternative, what are we looking for? And I think when it comes to bond investing, we're basically looking for three things. First, we want safety. We don't want to lose our money, right? Or at least we understand bond funds can go down from time to time. But we, we don't want to lose our money. That's why we tend to invest in U.S. government bonds or in investment-grade corporate bonds. For the most part, we stay away from high-yield junk bonds and emerging market debt. So we want safety. We want stability. You know, if we, if we want a lot of excitement, a lot of ups and downs, we'll just put our money in the stock index fund. But for bonds, you know, we want some level of stability. And then, you know, income, that would, you know, interest, that would certainly be nice if we could get a little of that from time to time. So that's what we're looking for in a bond fund. And a great example of that, we'll take a look at it now, is Vanguard's total bond market fund. It's ticker BND. And uh, you can see it's 12 month yield over the last year, just under 2%. And uh, I can make that maybe a little bit bigger for you. Uh, it's 30 day yield, meaning the yield based on the last 30 days uh, was about two and a half percent. And the thing we wanna focus on here as well is risk. And we're gonna look at risk for a lot of these other investments. But we, we define risk based on standard deviation. And here uh, for this fund, it's 4.17. The thing to know here is the higher the number, the more volatile the investment. So an S&P 500 index fund would be around 20, just to put it in, in, con, in, in, in comparison. And then finally, just so we understand, even a bond fund, as safe as it might be, loses money from time to time. This year, B&D is down 5.85%. It was down 1.86% last year. Let's see, it was down a little in 2018 and again down in 2013. So bond funds do lose money. Uh, even the, the, the best of the bond funds lose money from time to time. But so that, that's it. That's sort of our, our North Star. We want to try to find alternatives that maybe, I don't know, might not lose quite as much money uh, as, say, uh, a standard bond fund. Okay, so as I said, I want to begin with giving you actually four bond investments that might be alternatives to this sort of traditional total U.S. bond fund. And the first is TIPS fund. And here's an example, certainly Vanguard and Fidelity offer them. This happens to be an iShares TIPS fund. And we can see one important thing. You notice here the 12 month yield is just under 5%. And this SEC yield, which measures the yield over the last 30 days, 8.32%. You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? What a great investment. Well. The thing to keep in mind with a TIPS fund and its SEC yield is that in calculating that, it includes not only sort of the interest payments, but also any adjustments to the principal of the bond itself due to inflation. And that's why this yield can look so high 
Don't though think for a minute you're actually getting 8.32% in interest. It's not how it works. However, I've included this in the list because as you probably know, uh, tips do better in a high inflation environment. So when inflation is higher than the market expected, tips uh, do well. Now, that doesn't mean they don't lose money, right? If we go to performance, when interest rates rise, at least initially, tips will lose money as well. Now, in this case, this fund has lost 3% this year. That's not as bad as BND, but it can lose money. But again, if inflation is higher than the market expects, and certainly we're seeing high inflation today, uh, tips uh, can do very well. And I think they're an excellent investment to hold in addition to something like a BND. And in terms of risk, we always want to look at that standard deviation. It's very consistent with uh, the BND uh, fund or a total U.S. bond fund. Yeah, so that's the that's the first um, bond uh, that can, we can consider as a, an alternative to a total bond uh, fund. The second one, I bonds. I think these are probably today the best risk-adjusted investment you'll find. It's currently paying 7.12%. Now, unlike tips, unlike most bonds, I bonds are not publicly traded, which means, among other things, you can't buy a, an I bond ETF or an I-bond mutual fund. You have to buy them directly from Treasury Direct, and there's a limit. It's $10,000 a year per Social Security number. You can actually get another 5,000 if you use a ta your tax refund to buy them, but there's a limit to how much you can buy. And this interest rate changes, changes every six months. Now, it will change again in a month or two here. And um, based on the, the CPI uh, data that we have so far, it's going to be very consistent with the 7.12 uh, percent you see here, maybe even higher actually. So I think this is an excellent alternative, but again, there are limitations. Uh, in addition, you have to keep your money in there for a minimum of a year. If you take your money out of an I-bond before year five, you lose three months of interest. So make sure you understand those limitations. All right, the third bond as a bond alternative would be something like a treasury bill uh, fund. So a treasury bill are US government bonds that mature in under a year. Uh, the reason I mention this is if you're really scared about losing money and you just want to keep your money secure, this is one option. These are, you know, backed by the U.S. government. They're as secure a bond as you can find anywhere. That's the good news. Uh, and in fact, if we look at risk, you'll see it's basically zero. <laughs> the standard deviation is 0.28. I mean, it's about as riskless as you'll find. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is you're not going to earn much interest. And in fact, if we come here, you can see year to date, two basis points. Last year, it actually lost 10 basis points. So it can lose a little bit of money. But as you look at the history here of the performance, it's basically uh, a flat. But again, if your goal is to keep some of your money just absolutely safe, I, you know, I think it is an alternative. All right, the, the fourth and final alternative in this first category are bullet shares. And this is an example of one of them. So bullet shares is just a name for a type of bond fund that Invesco has uh, created. And <clears throat> they work very much like individual bonds in the sense that uh, the fund will buy a bond and hold it to maturity. In this case, it's buying corporate bonds and holding them until 2024. So it's buying corporate bonds that mature in 2024. And unlike you say a BND, when 2024 comes around at the end of that year, this fund will actually dissolve and any money you have invested in this fund will be returned to you. So if you're wanting to effectively buy bonds and hold them to maturity, 
but you don't want to have the hassle of actually going out and buying individual bonds. You can buy Invesco bullet shares. They offer them with, you see, corporate bonds. They do offer high yield, uh, and they also offer municipal bond uh, bullet shares, uh, and as well as emerging market debt. Uh, now, those are things that personally I would not invest in, but I wanted to mention this. Now, uh, the risk uh, factor is very similar uh, to BND. Here it's 4.9. Uh, performance in during the pen, while this fund exists, it can lose money. Now this year it's down three percent. That's less than B and D, um, although its its duration is a, a lower as well. But it can lose money from one year to the next. So it's not a perfect uh, alternative. But again, if you hold this to maturity, you will earn uh, the yield to maturity uh, on this fund. So th those are sort of four bond type of investments that might be alternative sort of to a traditional, you know, total U.S. bond fund like BND. All right, now let's move on to, to, to four alternatives that actually aren't bonds that you might, you know, at least consider. And the first one is just the certificate of deposit, right? And um, they're FDIC insured, again, up to the FDIC insured limits. We're looking at a, a site called Deposit Accounts, which shows us uh, some examples of some five-year CDs. And you can see at the top here is just a little over 2%. So not a terrible yield in today's environment. You just have to keep in mind, if interest rates go up and you wanna get out of uh, most of these five-year CDs, you will pay a penalty. It varies from bank to bank. And so you're gonna to wanna to make sure you understand those uh, penalties. So that's at least an option. Um, for those with a lot of money, you could consider what's called a brokered CD. I'm on the Fidelity website here. And uh, brokered CDs are similar to bank CDs, but they're actually bought and sold in the open market, uh, not unlike bonds. And uh, uh, sites like Fidelity can combine these so that you can actually put in far more than $250,000 and still have uh, the FDIC insurance uh, protection. And you can see some of the, the interest rates that you're seeing here, they're, they're in line with what we looked at on depositaccounts.com. Uh, so again, with brokered CDs, it might be a, a consideration if you have a lot more than $250,000 that you wanna put into a certificate of deposit, right? The third option, uh, online savings accounts. We're back to deposit accounts just to look at some of the yields. I mean, are the yields great? No, uh, you can see 77 basis points here is, is one of the highest that they, they list. Uh, but again, these are FDIC insured, again, up to the limits. And you know, it can be one place to park uh, some money uh, that, uh, you know, the value is not going to go down and you are going to get that yield. One advantage to online savings accounts as compared to certificates of deposit uh, is that you can, you know, take the money out anytime you want without penalty. Again, uh, though, uh, the, because of that, you tend to get lower yields, at least as compared to longer term certificates of deposit, which is just another way of saying there's no free lunch. You're, you're getting something and giving up something no matter what we do here. All right. The, um, the fourth bond alternative that I wanna mention is to repay debt, right? If you're paying certainly high interest debt, uh, to me, getting out of that debt is probably the absolute best alternative. Now, I wouldn't go off and pay a, a low fixed rate mortgage um, as a bond alternative, but certainly if you have higher rate debt, certainly if you have high, high interest credit card debt, I think repaying debt can be, frankly, maybe the best investment you can make. And certainly I think a great alternative uh, to bonds in today's market. So there are four sort of pure alternatives to bonds. Are, are they great? I mean, do they solve all our problems? No, I mean, we're still in a relatively low rate environment 
and interest rates are uh, on the rise, it appears. Um, and so, you know, we will see savings rates and CD rates go up. And I've already seen that in some cases, but they're still pretty low by historic standards. All right. Now, finally, I want to look at four bond alternatives that, frankly, I just don't think are bond alternatives. But if you go to Google and you say, hey, Google, what are some good bond alternatives? You will see these mentioned time and time again. So what are they? The first one, REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. I think folks mention that because their yields tend to be higher. This is Vanguard's REIT. And you can see it's it's 2.89% 12-month yield. So why is this not a bond alternative? Well, we just go to the risk factor here and we go to standard deviation. Look at that, it's 19. This is in line with an S&P 500. And we can see that when we look at performance, it's all over the place. Uh, this year, it's lost 6% so far. Last year, it was up 40. The year before that, it was down over four and a half, up 28, down six, right? I mean, it's up and down just like, uh, stocks. It, it doesn't make REITs a bad investment. I own uh, this fund, as a matter of fact. And I think REITs can be uh, a good part of a portfolio. They're just not bond alternatives. They're, if you if you move bond, part of your bond portfolio into REITs, effectively what you're doing is replacing bonds with equities. That's really what a REIT is. It's, it's a form of an equity investment. Again, not a bad one. It's just not, in my view, a bond alternative. All right, number two, Dividend paying stocks, we'll see this a lot uh, in articles online as a bond alternative, and it just ain't. Yes, they pay higher dividends than say an S&P 500 index fund, but again, we've got the risk factor. So here's a fund that I own, Schwab US Dividend Equity ETF. Again, it's not that this is a bad investment. It's just, look at the standard deviation. It's 18.21, again, in line with the S&P 500, maybe a tad less uh, volatile, but not by much, and certainly well above the four or five standard deviation we saw with a lot of the bond investments. And again, if we go to performance with this particular fund, it's been quite strong over the last 10 years, largely because stocks have been quite strong over the last 10 years, but it still loses money from time to time, and it can lose a lot of money. So for example, if we were to repeat 2008, 2009, this fund would lose a lot of money. So again, I think it's a perfectly reasonable fund uh, to include, but it's not really um, a stock, a bond alternative. All right, number three would be preferred shares. You know, I, I, I include this in something that I don't really see as a bond alternative, but I suppose it maybe comes the closest uh, that are in this list. I'm looking now just as an example at the Invesco Preferred ETF, ticker PGX. Um, you can see the yields are quite have, quite nice, 5% over the last 12 months, and same with the last 30 days. Its risk is somewhere between bonds and stocks. You can see its standard deviation is around 10. So that's much less volatile than an S&P 500. That's the good news. At the same time, it's twice as volatile as a bond fund, and we have to keep that in mind. So is it a bond alternative? Eh, not, not really, but kind of. How's that for an answer? Remember, preferred stocks sort of act like bonds and stocks. So there's a sort of a, a guaranteed, as much as any corporation will guarantee anything, uh, interest payment. Uh, it's contractually uh, uh, promised, if you will. And so that's why it's kind of um, uh, like a bond. Uh, and then, But there's uh, conversion uh, uh, rights where you can, can get converted to equity. So it kind of is a mix between stocks uh, and bonds. But again, it's, its volatility is twice that of bonds. So I don't really view this as a pure bond alternative. All right. And finally, uh, and actually, before we go to that, one, let me just show you the performance on this one. 
And you can see it's down 8.5% this year. So yeah, there's volatility to this. Um, and its returns, if you look at it, have not, have not been nearly as strong. It's just a straight up S&P 500 fund. And so generally, I either want to buy, invest in stocks or bonds. I'm just not a, a huge fan of getting into preferreds, although others would disagree with me, and that's fine. All right. The fourth and final alternative to bonds that I don't really view as an alternative, but you'll see this mentioned a lot of time, and that's annuities, and particularly the single premium 